We're there are never guarantees when we do this. We just hit record and hope for the best. It's kind of how we do this. You all right? As long as you don't. So if you do this, he'll hear that. Cause I won't do it while people are talking. I only drink when we have a, a natural. Process. And he can take it out. Yeah. Because apparently last time I told Toby he could put his hands on the table and. Cameron said as he was listening to edit, no, you can't put your hands on the table. What <laughs> if I just love the mic with my hands a little bit like this? Oh, yeah, like, Look at it go. Yeah, it was like, wow. <laughs> that was me. So much in life is scripted, but this is unedited. Listen in as we have casual conversations about art and faith. Welcome to Unedited. I'm Farley Sanderford. And I'm Jennifer Chetlett. And this week we are talking about a book and we have a friend with us. Hello. Another, a friend who's been here before. They can't hear you nod. Yeah. <laughs> Nods don't make sound. It's not good Good radio. Yeah. Hi, I'm Dan. Welcome back. Thank you. It's good to be back. This is Dan Reeves, the uh, newly appointed executive director of <laughs> World Horizons USA. Yay. It's, it's humorous, too. It's great. So the book club is back. Book club is back. Sort of. Last Oprah season. Has that's right. Oprah has returned. Um, last season, we were reading Fujimura's book, Refractions. Um, this season, the art team is not reading a book right now, but um, Farley and I have recently uh, read something that we wanted to share with you all, and Dan has read it also, so we invited him to come and talk about it too. Um, the book we are talking about is it's a prayer book it's called 40 days of practice it's by justin mcroberts and scott erickson um so scott erickson is an artist that i have loved and followed for a couple of years now um he's Same. yeah he's one of the i think i think it's safe to say he's one of the the more prominent thinkers in the christian art world right now he's yes. doing really great things maker and thinker yeah, I mean, he's just doing really great things yeah. um, in in those two areas, kind of bringing them together for people. I had not heard of, of Justin McRoberts before I read this book, um, but he, it's on the back of the book, it says he's an author, advocate, songwriter, and retreat leader, um, and he lives in San Francisco. So I have since started following him on social media, mm -hmm. and he's funny. Yeah, he's really funny. We're all best friends now. Yeah? Him, uh, Justin, and Scott and I are best friends. The three best Because friends. we interacted on Twitter one time. Right. You shared something and they both like. <laughs> yes. So now I'm claiming them as best friends. There you go. And I like them a lot. There you go. Um, That's yeah. naturally how all friendships. Begin. Right. Of course. That's right. In the 21st century. That's exactly right. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll claim Scott then because I've bought his art for my kids. Both of them have his art hanging in their dwellings. Mm -hmm. and, um, and Naomi saw him in person. Um, when he was in Nashville and said it was like one of the best things she's been to see. Mm -hmm. So, so there's that. So, yeah, so this book is, um, it is a 40 day, uh, prayer book kind of meditation and it is, uh, illustrated. There's artwork to go with each of the prayers, which mm -hmm. makes it wonderful. So yeah. that is my, my sum summary. What did, what did Brendan call me? The condenser. Jen, Jen the, the condenser, condenser has done her job. 
Which is funny. Doesn't it sound like like a superhero or something? Yeah. I want a cape. I know. I want a cape. No cape. (laughs) No cape. cape. It's a rule. I have to say that I'm reading. I read this under duress because it's meant to be a 40-day practice book, which I was convinced that I would do. Until I was told that I must read this book and talk about it. So thank you for I believe that. I asked you. I don't think I told you. Yeah, it, it was implied. Yeah. <laughs> Very sensitive, Dan. I am. Well, I sort of did the same thing, but also knowing, or at least believing, that I will go back and do it yeah. again. Like, I totally read through it. A couple times. It's an it's like, an easy book to sit and read cover to cover. Yeah. But then I was like, okay, well, this is really cool. I'm going to go back and do this maybe for like Lent. Right. Because 40 days. Right. Yes. Right? Yep. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Start maybe with the a different section than it actually starts with and then. And go through and do yeah. it. Yeah. So this that's, book was, um, they self-published it a couple of years ago mm-hmm. and it's just been re-released. Um, it now has a publisher, Multnomah, which I think is a pretty well-known Christian publishing house. So, I don't know about y'all, but I have read at least a few other of these, like, like books in the same kind of vein that are, like, either guided prayers or, like, like short little kind of daily devotional type things. Um, but this was, and, and especially after reading the introduction in this one, it mm-hmm. just totally put me in, like, a different, like, headspace, spirit space, mm-hmm. all the spaces. Um, so, um, which I really liked and I'm really jazzed to do, um, over Lent, but can y'all, what do y'all, like, what are y'all's experiences with other kinds of books that are sort of like this, but maybe different and Mm. how, what do you think about this one in comparison? Primarily don't like prayer books like this. You know, I I don't, I don't know why, but I don't like somebody telling me to pray mm. this day and what to pray on this day and that sort of thing. But this one has a feel. Is that the rebel in you? <laughs> it's really <laughs> Yes. But it, it feels like prayer is personal, you know, to mm-hmm. have somebody say, well, today you should pray this feels really weird to me. Mm-hmm. But this book really, it felt like it came out of like the contemplative spirit, mm-hmm. you know, the, the phrasing and the, the pictures and just the fact that it seemed to be speaking directly at me, you know, in a very honest and, and deep way mm-hmm. was good. And, and I'm glad to have read it. Mm-hmm. And I think I'd like to read it day by day, mm-hmm. you know, because of that, you know? Yeah. 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 I think I'm the same way. I, I typically am not drawn to books that, that lead me through a prayer that it, it feels kind of rote. If you know, it doesn't, um, you know, but we like, I do, there are devotion, like, this doesn't feel like a devotional to me. I know it is kind of, but um, so I, I gave this book to both of my kids. Um, and the running joke with my son is that he has like a shelf full of devotionals because I apparently keep giving them to him. <laughs> um, and when I sent him this, the, the the note I put on that little Amazon box, it said, this is not a devotional. <laughs> and when he got it, he called me. He's like, thanks for the, another devotional. <laughs> Like, but it's really not. This one's different, and it feels different to me. Um, I like that. I do like that. Um, it does have something for each day, but you can pick it up. I find myself picking it up and just thumbing through it and finding something, mm-hmm. um, which I think a lot of other prayer books are. I don't know that they stand alone like this one does, and I think that that's what I like about this one is that 
Um, you can read it cover to cover. You can follow along and do it day by day, or you can just pick it up and find a picture and a prayer. Um, so to me, that's different about this one. It, like my takeaway from this reminds me of the only other like prayer wrote sort of thing that I've liked is the Book of Common Prayer, mm-hmm. which when I I was surprised I actually liked that because it's old and mm-hmm. every the same like a bunch of people say and do the same things at the mm-hmm. same time because of this book. Mm-hmm. But when I read it, 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 it had like a rootedness to it, like a like ancientness to it that was gentle, but but like really good. Mm-hmm. And I think this this book is uh, written in the same way. Mm. I found the same sense afterwards. I'm like, oh, that was really good for me mm-hmm. in a really deep, personal way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. I'm one who likes structure, mm. <laughs> maybe a little bit too much, uh, but I feel like... So I, I generally like like those kinds of okay. little, like as long as they're short enough for my short attention span that I can sort of process through them. But I feel like this book is, there's enough structure in it. Mm. So like for me, I will probably start at the beginning right. and go through and do each one. But also there's freedom within it. Like mm-hmm. they, and they even talk about it sort of in the like introduction, like, feel the freedom to do what you guys are talking about. Just right. pick a day or start at the beginning and mm-hmm. go all the way through or start somewhere in the middle and work your way back around. Or, yeah, and I like that there's there's balance. I find it weird that the prayers were so short but so effective. Like, mm. how do these little stinking mm. little prayers work their way in so deeply, so quickly, and mean so much? Yeah. It, it sort of irritated me that it was that, like so many of them were that way. You know, like how do you get in there? You know, you're not you're not enough words to get in there that deep. Well, they like almost they that remind me of poetry in that like we talk we've talked from time to time about the economy of words. Like all of the words were chosen, and each one is meaningful. And I, I don't know, but I, that's what it reminds me of. It, each prayer. Yeah, I definitely have those thoughts too. Of. Um, because they are so short, they were each word. I feel like was it was deliberately chosen. Mm-hmm. Um, but and also I like their approach. Going, keeping in mind with what we're talking about, the the may we, mm, yeah, may, may I, I, may I, mm-hmm. may we, sort of approach. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you guys think about that? Yeah, I think. It, I, I don't know that I've, I've adopted that practice like mm-hmm. perfectly, mm-hmm. but when I was working in a church the last year, I found myself like when I'm praying on behalf of a group, mm-hmm. like trying to use language like that mm-hmm. because it's, it's incredibly gentle, you know? And, um, and I feel like if somebody's going to participate in words that I'm using, it's a really nice way to say, how about this, you know, yeah. and come along with, if you so choose. And I, to me, reading the book allowed me to go, oh, and maybe that's why it was so effective, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, I received it really gently that I'm mm-hmm. like, I'll let that in a little bit more than I might right. normally, you know? So, I like the language a lot. It's, I think it's it's got history, too, you know, mm-hmm. um, that I can't articulate because I don't know how that, like, the details of history. But I know that I've heard prayer like this mm-hmm. in, in, in probably more um, formal church environments than I was typically used to, you know. So some of the history he talks about um, in the introduction when he he says, um, we join the mother of Jesus, Mary, who prayed, 
may your word be fulfilled in me, or may it be with me as you say, or let it be with me according to your word, or may everything you have said about me come true. Um, he says, praying may I means leaning into what God is doing and how the divine will has set things in in and around us in motion. So I think it's it's right what you're talking about, like let you know we're gonna we're gonna join in with with God on on this. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's almost like mm, more of like an invitation mm-hmm. instead of like saying something directly. It's an invitation to contemplation, not only yeah. like within yourself, but right. Yeah. Um, okay. So what about, um, like clearly that a lot of the ideas in this book, even just the few that we've talked about so far are sort of revelatory in some way. So what, like, what is before, before we started reading this book, what, what did prayer look like for you? And do Mm -hmm. you anticipate that it might be different and different in any way after sort of encountering and sort of wrestling with Mm. this the contents of this book and the practices Mm -hmm. contained inside that's a big question that is a big question that's a really big question um so i think for me at this point in my life um prayer has kind of become an ongoing thing and like it's right or wrong i've moved away from like um, aside from like in the morning, I, I don't have specific prayer times. Like it's just kind of an ongoing conversation I have with God throughout the day. Um, but I think this is, um, making me actually, even since I've read it and I didn't realize I was doing this until you just asked this question Mm -hmm. of being more purposeful, um, to at certain times of the day pray I mean I like I've started to set reminders on my phone <laughs> to like to remind me to stop at certain times of the day mm-hmm. and pray for my kids mm-hmm. um just you know which to me feels a little bit methodical but I think if I if I'm not if I don't make that space and put it in my schedule and remind myself to do it um I don't know that I certainly won't have the regularity that I'd like to mm-hmm. um yeah, I, I definitely can see some changes in my prayer life since reading this book. I think prayer and I have had a historical, horrible, historically horrible relationship. Hmm. And at least in my mind, I had this this idea what prayer, successful prayer, would look like, yeah. and I just never was able to do that. Mm-hmm. And so at times, I haven't prayed very much and hmm. felt guilty and, and horrible about it, you know. Right. And then. The, Lately, I found that I'm doing much the same thing. Like, I'm praying as I'm doing something else, or praying as I'm breathing. Mm-hmm. And the prayers are short, but I think I've I realized that prayer is realizing something true and giving words to it. You know, mm-hmm. as opposed to saying, "Hey, there's these things that we want," and right. we're saying them. I think prayer right. can be that. Right. But I think I was raised with that as a primary. Here's here's things that we know. Here's things that we we want. Here's things that we're saying in praise and worship, mm-hmm. that sort of thing. But it was it wasn't this idea of participation in reality mm-hmm. as much in my mind. But then when I've come to that now, I'm like oh, it's important to stop a moment and realize something that's true. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's like like a conversation or a relationship or 
art or or the sun or something that's mm-hmm. just beautiful in a moment and true something's mm-hmm. also true about that you know mm-hmm. and so to stop and notice that and give it a few words and then the idea of may i participate in this or may we experience this or mm-hmm. may we find god in that mm-hmm. has become where i think that i'm not bad at prayer anymore <laughs> it looks a whole lot different you mm-hmm. know and, and um, i don't have to worry about what i thought it might have been mm-hmm. but i find it to be powerful and good mm-hmm. and i'm doing it a lot you know mm-hmm. and, when before I tried to do it a lot, according to some other concept, I failed at it miserably, you know? Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. so I like, I, I think that, um, I think the images in this book cause a little bit of that pause. The phrases are short and mm-hmm. gentle, and then you have an image to look at, which kind of perpetuates the idea of just stop and breathe for a moment and mm-hmm. consider what else is available and possible in the moment, you know, mm-hmm. and give it some words maybe, you know? Mm-hmm. It's interesting. Well, I think that's that's why I wanted to talk about this book is because of I think the the art accompanying accompanying it it does it gives a space in a different kind of space in your soul to to take it in and live with it because it's it's just it's engaging different senses um yeah how about you has prayer changed for you um yeah like I I grew up in a pretty, like a pretty, like traditional sort of formulaic kind of um, way to pray and learned like the right way, the right quote unquote right way to pray, right? Because when, especially when you're young, like your your prayers are usually asking God for things mm-hmm. um, and then sort of growing out of that and being like, okay, well, God's not. That, that's not really what prayer is about. It's mm. not just about asking him for stuff. So then learning like the right way, air quotes, to pray. Um, and, and again, because I love like uh, structure, mm. I really gravitated towards that. But then at the same time, like it's like, oh, well, if I don't come to God in, in this way, using this formula, like then my prayers are bad or I'm not doing it right or whatever. And so I feel defeated and guilty and blah, 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 blah. Um, but I, I kind of, I identified with what we were saying, Jennifer, about the sort of ongoing kind of conversational things, Mm -hmm. um, where I'm getting better at sort of noticing and pausing a little Mm -hmm. bit and like they're, they're shorter Mm -hmm. little, little kinds of prayers or thoughts or, um, things like that. Um, but I also definitely see the value in like the setting aside of time, right? Uh, especially as an introvert, like that's, that's my jam is like being by myself and right. contemplation and all that good stuff. So it's a, like, I think both of those, both of those things are, are valuable and important and I'd like to implement them. Yeah. I mean, if you think about it as like a, like a relationship, if you think about mm-hmm. your relationship with God, um, I mean, compare it like to your marriage, mm-hmm. we're all, we're all married. Mm-hmm. You have ongoing conversations all day that are quick. Mm-hmm. Some are informational, some mm-hmm. are more than that. But it's important to set aside time to talk, um, you know, with some regularity to maintain a good relationship. And I think this is the same as that. That's a great parallel. I really like that. Yeah. It matches something in this book. There's a story bit that talks about this guy walking into a church and he's he's obviously drunk and angry with God Mm. and and the Mm. church throws a bottle down and says a couple of words and then 
walks out and the priest comes and, and cleans it up, picks up the broken glass, mm-hmm. and at the end of the whole thing says amen. And, mm-hmm. and the, the text goes on to talk about like the whole thing. Let the whole, may the whole thing have been prayer, you know? Mm-hmm. And like, like marriage, like the whole thing's marriage, you know? The talking mm-hmm. is, is also the marriage, you right. know? Right. And so I think when I think about prayer and, and like that story, I hope that that's true, you know? Like mm-hmm. the whole thing that we're doing is, is, is actually prayer, interacting mm-hmm. with the divine, you know? Mm-hmm. And sometimes we use some words and sometimes we just breathe and sometimes right. we smile mm-hmm. and like hug or Right. Sometimes you cry. just cry yeah. or you yeah. yell Scream. or yeah. but I think that's I think that's what God wants from us. Mm-hmm. He wants that same level of intimacy that you have in a marriage. You know, you're just you know the other person so well and you just share everything. Mm-hmm. I I I don't know. That's what I think. Yeah, I wanna find the words that the guy used in the story. I remember that story yeah. you're talking about. He said, about. how can you trust him? And there was silence. And how, do, how, how can I trust you? I think he meant that to the church. And then um, after like getting angry and throwing the bottle down, he says, that's all I have for you and walks out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that too. You know, that, that too is prayer. Like mm-hmm. that, that could be seen as a lack of faith or a doubt or a walking away, but it's also a cry to the only source of help in the situation you know it's honest yeah yeah it's completely honest i think god would rather hear that than us pretend yeah to say that you have to have belief i think Mm -hmm. also yep and really powerful belief to show up Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. i guess by the time this episode is released it will lent will have just started um, which I think is really cool and really timely. Yeah. Um, so is, do you... You can also start, you don't have to start Lent on that day. You could start your, I know that would be hard for you, Farley's twitching. I'm twitching. <laughs> you could start it a few days late and it would still count. It yeah. would be okay. Yeah. Is that true? Unless you're like devoutly Catholic, I'm pretty sure it would be okay. It's fine. Okay. Fine. <laughs> Jennifer says so. Okay. No, we're not, not. I'm not Catholic, but I'm still right. like, <laughs> um, So I, I know I have sort of had some sort of practice going on during the Lenten season for the past several, several, several years. Um, and it's changed sort of every year. Mm. But um, do you guys practice any sort of thing during Lent? Be that the traditional giving something up or adding something or doing something different or for the most part in my life i don't think i knew what lent was except for that the catholic kids did that <laughs> right it's not a protestant thing my, right. my family wouldn't typically acknowledge the fact that that was a thing worthy of doing you know and so we just it was very very foreign like we don't do that they do that we won't even talk about it and and now i'm i don't actually but i feel like i want to sometimes you know mm-hmm. but it's kind of also like to me, the um, the New Year's resolution, mm-hmm. like, oh, I'm going to fail at that. I'm not right. even going to try. So I don't do a New Year's resolution, mm-hmm. and I don't do Lent. 40 days is a lot shorter, though, than a whole year. year. Yeah. True. Besides baby steps. Yeah. True. I value the, the idea of it now, and mm-hmm. I think I would like to find a practice. I might have chosen this book i hadn't already just read it you know you could do it again I could do it, again, it would, would be okay yes, like ma'am. and do it over it like over the course take of the time week, each day yeah. yeah maybe i will we'll see okay. i'm open to the no idea. pressure i'm just curious so yeah i like you grew up with a family that didn't really engage with the idea of lent um it is i think now more interdenominationally mm-hmm. embraced than it was like mm-hmm. when you and i were kids mm-hmm. um 
My favorite Lent story. You want to hear my favorite Lent I story? Really love uh, so a friend in college, um, I guess she grew up Catholic. She was a fairly new believer, was was um, observing Lent. And it was funny to me because she smoked. That's not what she gave up for Lent. Um, she gave up French fries for Lent, but chose to have potato chips instead. <laughs> that was <laughs> That was her Lenten sacrifice was... Um, French fries. So she was Catholic. So she kind of, yeah, kind of, sort of Catholic. Yeah, so maybe she saw. I don't know. But I thought that was funny. That's really interesting. Yeah, um, I think I perhaps so. For Lent, I need to give up Mexican food because. Well, well you and I no, because you and I have it before every podcast, and I can hear my stomach. But that's because of. <laughs> well, maybe we'll just switch our, our lunch. To yeah, maybe we could that eat seems after. Unholy seems unholy. Mexican. I know. I agree, but. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I mean, if you want to do it, that's fine. I'll just sit by myself. Yeah, no, the, I mean, uh, obviously not the spirit of Lent. <laughs> um, so uh, Naomi's church, my daughter's church, had this. Uh, they were doing a, a prayer thing. Oh, they already did it, so it must not have been for Lent, but it was leading up to Lent. Mm-hmm. Um, she gave up uh, complaining, which I know. I was like, wow. I, don't think I, could do that. I was so impressed with her for doing that. Yeah. Um, her roommate gave up uh, wearing makeup, mm. which for twenty-year-old girls a big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was really impressed with, like, I don't know. That's a, such a thought. Those are such thoughtful things. Yeah, for, like young ladies to yeah to give up. Yeah, I don't, mm. I don't want to give up either of those things really. So, but I'll give up potato chips. <laughs> and still eat French fries. I still eat French fries. <laughs> I don't know that I can give up complaining because I couldn't catch myself all the time. I think I yeah. do it too often that it's yeah. just yeah. normal. It's probably yeah. just naturally ingrained in my behavior. So she, to things, at least internally. Yeah. <laughs> I think what she does is when she catches herself, I think she, what did she tell me? I think she's writing it down okay. and then like coming to God at the end of the day to kind of check in about it. Like, okay. I was going to say, put a dollar in a jar or something. Oh, I'd be rich if I did right? that. <laughs> That's, how, that's not how finances work. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, there, that explains a lot. <laughs> so, anyway, I love I love Lent, and which probably sounds really weird, <laughs> but like I love the I can't even say it. It's weird. Like I I like the I guess maybe I like the thoughtfulness of it. Yeah. Um, when it's sort of approached from a when you sort of think about and embrace what what lent i think was maybe meant to be Hmm. um it can be i don't know for me it's been really like a really cool practice like i remember on the other end of the spectrum one year i gave up i just started working for starbucks i was in undergrad and like i just started working there and i decided i would give up coffee which was like wow why yeah why would i do i mean it was really i did it but like it was. But was really it like a soulful hard. thing for you? Did you feel closer to God during it? Did you? Just, or were you just cranky? You were cranky. And yeah. I like at first I like gave up coffee altogether, and then like the I think it was like the last few days, like before Easter, I was like, maybe I could just have a cup of decaf because I know there's technically caffeine in a little bit. Yeah. But I was like, it's it was rough, and I was working in a coffee shop. Like it was around yeah. me all the time. I was smelling it. Like yeah. And I had become pretty reliant on it at that point too, which is why I decided to give it up. But sure, 
You know, one of the things that um, kind of changed my thinking on Lent, because the, historically the Protestant church has not engaged with Lent at all, um, Kate Bowler, mm-hmm. who we've talked about um, in her book, and then I don't know if in her podcast, I love her phrase. She says that, you know, that we Easter the crap out of Lent. Mm-hmm. We kind of like, we rush through it. We we rush through that, um, the suffering, mm-hmm. the, the suffering the, the of Christ Thursday, the good Friday. Right. But it's, it's kind of taking time to be in that, in that space between, um, you know, Friday and Sunday. It's that it's, it is, um, it is being, it is suffering with Christ. I don't know how else to say it. I mean, that yeah. sounds super churchy, but, um, yeah. 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 Kind of like sitting with like the darkness and the, mm-hmm. The difficulty and sort of not just trying to get over it and get to the Easter part. Right, right. That's kind of a diagnosis of all a lot of like my Christian life. You know, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. like either hurry up and get happy again and stop right. complaining about it, or mm-hmm. you know, stop being sad, or you know, do something productive more quickly. You mm-hmm. know, yeah. Don't take the time to sit in it to understand it and right. to, um, or even even when you're going to somebody else who's going through something, mm. let's find the quickest way through that, which is a really selfish thing to actually do. You know, it's basically mm. saying, I don't want to be in this uncomfortable situation. Right. Let's move on. But that's sort of indicative of a lot of like our faith expression. And like, I think revaluing Lent is important. And this book is, is important because it says, no, that's the good stuff too. Mm-hmm. You know? That's also the prayer. That's also the, where you find God. I think mm-hmm. that's promised to us too in scripture, but um, it's important to not rush Easter the crap out of life. Right. Like, that's a heck of a statement. Yeah. 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 I like Kate Lowell. Yeah. She's great. There is a section in here. I'm trying not to rustle my papers too much. Um, I just did. That was the again? lament. So if I were to, which I, again, I think I'm going to do, use this as like a, a Lent mm. sort of mm-hmm. daily practice thing i would start here um cause why because lent is being to me is taking time to be mindful and um sort of meditate on the sacrifice of christ mm. and um sort of starting with that mm. that part of it yeah. um I think is, and then maybe ending with something a little more Easter-y, mm-hmm. I guess. But mm-hmm. I think starting, starting with this is kind of, um, is thoughtful to me. Yeah. I like this, this line that says the practice of lament can uncover wounds you haven't taken care of that need attention. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If, mm-hmm. if we go too fast, then we miss those things and right? they stick with you. Like, things that I'm hearing about like brain science and psychology like there are wounds that happen Mm -hmm. because of words because of relationships Mm -hmm. that if not addressed they stick around and Mm -hmm. they cause consequences like health consequences in in your actual physical body your body responds to it Mm -hmm. so how important is to be like a whole person with God you know Mm -hmm. like saying this too look at this you know lament is saying like I'm angry I don't understand you know Mm -hmm. why and giving mm-hmm. space for that. Mm-hmm. And then it, processing things like that with God allows you to like find the things that need attention and the mm-hmm. hurt and the pain and then do the work of healing. Like that's super important. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go do that right now.
<laughs> okay, I thanks for coming. Feel the need thanks for, for this. coming. <laughs> it's been fun. Yeah, I think that that kind of goes back to what a lot of Kate Bowler has said, and even like her research within um, the prosperity gospel. Thank you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Last word. Like in that in that sort of theological mm-hmm. way of thinking like there's no room for suffering there's no right. space for pain right and so i mean he gave us some but but christ gave us a model for suffering like i don't know why right. we ignore why it or why pretend like that? you know somehow it's attached to sin mm-hmm. we you know yeah, all, that's a good one. yeah okay. all those things that we do um the bible tells us otherwise mm-hmm. in the new testament mm-hmm. bible tells us otherwise and it, you know that that's part of our relationship with Christ is yeah. is suffering. Yeah. You know, no one likes to talk. That's not like a popular. <laughs> it's yeah. not very popular. You're not going to get many church members if you lead with the suffering. But right. the Book of Lamentations is mostly ignored, right? Yeah. You know, but like written from like a Jewish perspective, like mm-hmm. a, like I was reading a Jewish scholar once that was writing. Well, what's the common thread of all of the the sects of Judaism and it wasn't something that you would think that they would say. The common thread was, we all know what suffering is. Mm-hmm. Our people know suffering mm-hmm. and know like the journey through suffering. Mm-hmm. Like that's an important human trait, you know, yep. and super valuable to us. If we've ignored that, you know, because it's uncomfortable, mm-hmm. we miss a good part of our humanity. Yeah. And and Christ came in human form, like in humanity, right. to show us no, actually take the time away, you know, right, and, and go deal with this, you know. Yeah. It's hard to hear sometimes. And even in and outside of faith, you know, that's that's where growth happens. Rarely does growth happen like through, you know. Happy, smiley. Right. Through pay raises and promotions and mm-hmm. that's, you know, mm-hmm. getting right, getting everything you wanted. Right. It's, it's usually through the things that are really, really hard. Yeah. Are there any um, of the other sort of textual sections that you guys particularly, particularly mm. liked? Yeah, I like the traveler one. Which one is that? The traveler's needs. I liked that one a lot. Um, I mean, I don't want to read the whole thing, but basically, two people are going on a trip, and the one guy's mm-hmm. like, "I don't, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't need anything. I've got everything I need." And the other person takes two, two of everything because he knows that his companion's going to need stuff. And at the end, he's like, "Your needs are my needs," mm-hmm. and I thought that was really beautiful. Mm-hmm. He says, I think he says, as long as we're together, right. our needs are the same. Yeah. We should probably do that. Yeah. Yeah. A lot. That might be a good. Yeah. If we're going to say we as the church, mm-hmm. that's a heck of a mission right there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I thought Such that. Such a great sense of like empathy. Mm-hmm. In there. Mm-hmm. Mine was the shelving and mindfulness when he... It's still good. It's good. They're all. It's a funny Marley. I should have marked it. Are you like me? I'm afraid to to mark in my books because. Well, I just like I, you just, I got, just it. got it. So, but I, I give them away a lot. When I, give, I do it when I do like an actual like uh-huh. day by day thing, I'll probably mark it up and write on it. But I'm not ready yet. 
I started folding the corner of pages that I thought, oh, I want to talk or think more about this. Mm-hmm. And I was doing it so often. I'm like, now I've got to make bigger folds to make the ones that are really So you've got important. like origami out like, of your book. I pretty much ruined the book. <laughs> no, you and haven't. It's personal and no, meaningful none to of you. I anything now because I folded oh, so all of them. Like, you have an origami project out of your book. <laughs> Dan made a swan for. <laughs> and I don't remember anything. There's a prayer in here for this. Like one of the things that like I felt like this was really important to me. Mm-hmm. I forget a lot of things, and, mm-hmm. and everybody says, "Oh, I have a horrible memory," but like I literally have. I can, do a your kids memory. say that to you? Yeah, everybody know. Everybody who knows me knows that. Like, if if somebody who knows stuff isn't next to me, I'm in lots of trouble. Yeah. You know, or if I don't have notes written. Mm-hmm. But so here's one, right? May the may the reality that I cannot know the whole truth mm-hmm. because I've forgotten <laughs> give me freedom to talk about the part I can see rather than paralyze me, like. What you know is good, and what you can remember sometimes <laughs> is really, really good, and that might lead to something even better or useful. Like, mm-hmm. go forward with that. You don't have to know everything or remember everything or be an expert. Mm-hmm. You might know something good of God, even, even little bits, and that's plenty. Right, that's yeah. enough. Yeah, <laughs> I especially like that because it's good. I, I worry about that a lot. I'm like, oh, I could forget mid-sentence, actually. You know, but maybe not, and maybe something else will happen. So I found the one I actually... Oh, good. I, <laughs> yeah. yeah. You get a do-over. Speaking of forgetting. Right. Farley, do you have a favorite? <laughs> I do have a favorite. Oh. Um, The one, again, around the labyrinth. When he does the three circles, and the first the first circle is think about something. He's like, oh, sorry, I got distracted. Second time you think about something. Blah, blah, blah. Okay. Um, so it made me think of an actual labyrinth that I've been mm. to in mm. France in one of the big cathedrals. Um, it's a huge Gothic cathedral. It's my favorite place in the entire world. Um, it's uh, Chartres Cathedral. Mm, I've been there. And there's a big labyrinth, like right, um, so the apse is where, like the, I told my students, this is where the action is. Mm-hmm. And like the crossing, where the two pieces cross, there's a labyrinth right on the floor that you can walk. And like, I went with a I went to a liberal arts school, so, like, all the people that went on this trip with me were like, oh, yeah, that's cool. Let's go get some beer. And I was like, no, look at this. And so Mm -hmm. I, like, spent, like, 30 minutes just, like, walking around in the labyrinth, and, like, Mm -hmm. it was really, it was really, really cool. So when he started talking about, like, walking the prayer labyrinth, I was like, I've done that. It's so so cool. And I I had a similar, from what I can remember, (laughs) um, experience where I, like, I was like, this is amazing. I need to soak this in. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm never, probably never going to come here again. Mm -hmm. So let me, like, be really intentional about this. And, like, (laughs) my mind wandered. I was, like, 21 years old. So, but it was still, like, really, 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 really cool. Hmm. Yeah. I like the prayer labyrinth, even though the whole time I think I'm doing I, I walk through, I think I'm doing this wrong. I'm doing this wrong. I think mm-hmm. that's what he's getting at there. You know? Right. And, but that's part of the process, you know, the yeah. same with the sabbatical or mm-hmm. retreat of some kind, you know, mm-hmm. it feels like the whole time you're just working to get to where you need to be. Mm-hmm. And the whole time you're where you need to be, you know, and, mm-hmm. and the more time you spend in that and the slower you go with it, it feels like the more you get out of it, mm-hmm. you know, and, and you actually find the thing that you need to find mm. uh, and just trust the process. Mm. I think there's, that's a reason why they've stuck around so long. You know, you can find labyrinths everywhere. Yeah, Richmond Hill is a, like a, an old monastery that is now like a ministry center, retreat center, mm. beautiful garden, and it's got mm. a labyrinth in it. And it's, you can just go there? You can just go there and you can take a group there. Like some, I'm doing. 
groups that we know might go there someday. You know? <laughs> um, and they had this beautiful labyrinth, and I, I was there on a really beautiful sunny day, and, I, and it was a little little breeze. It's up on a hill, and it was just gorgeous. And and I'd been like through enough of these things to know, yeah, it's okay. Like I like I'd experienced it enough to know like that's part of the process. So I just went really, really, really slowly, mm-hmm. and I'm about halfway through going in towards the center, I'm like. I still don't know if I'm going to make it where I need to make it. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay, I'll keep trying. But mm-hmm. it, it took a lot longer than I thought it would to get to the middle. And then at, at the middle, I'm like, wow, I'm not done yet. But the good news was that I wasn't done yet. You know, mm-hmm. you had to go all the way back out. And by the time you get back out, like I got back out, it was really wonderful. And I found like the thing that I was needing, you know. Mm-hmm. And I, I got to do that again, you know. Like maybe I need more, you know. <laughs> I'll go right back to it. As long as it takes, you know, yeah. step by step, slowly, slowly, slowly. Yeah. Mm. I kind of felt like this book was like that. Mm. Yeah. I could get a lot out of one one prayer at a time, mm-hmm. but like going through them had a very, very similar process, you know, like I was reading it for a purpose, you know, right. but at the same time, like it was working on me, mm-hmm. uh, even though I was reading for a purpose and mm-hmm. probably distracted half the time, you know, mm-hmm. like that, oh, yeah. it, it functioned the same way. Yeah. So that is a good place, I think, for us to wrap up. Um, talking about this book before we sign off. So we're, we, we I think, have a new segment that, that we're kind of uh, throwing out mm-hmm. when needed. Um, it's hopefully a, not. Hopefully we won't need time, it too but... often. Um, but we have some podcasts have like little fact check segments. Mm-hmm. Um, so we were, uh, a listener pointed out to us that, um, I, and it was me, I misspoke, um, because often my mouth gets ahead of my brain. Um <laughs> I know absolutely nothing about that. It was a couple episodes ago. We were doing um, our happy hour, our uh-huh. February happy hour, and I was talking about the um, the action. The little action heroes, the little artists. Yeah, that's action. not what they're called. The little, the oh. little dolls, the little figurines. Yeah, yeah, for the, from the artists that the Met shop has. Yes, they're so cool. And I commented that there were no female. And as I was looking through them, I then said Renee Magritte before I said Frida Kahlo. Renee Magritte is indeed, was a man. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought I kind of, because I caught it as I said it and thought I kind of clarified with my comment about he's the guy who painted the the apple, the guy with the apple in front of his face. That's mm-hmm. Renee Magritte. Mm-hmm. Um, but this listener said, it sounds like you said Renee Magritte was a woman. Renee Magritte was not a woman. Frida Kahlo is, the, I think, the only female artist action figure they have, the Met shop has. So... For now. now. Yeah, maybe they'll have more. That would be great. But I'm sorry I misspoke. So we've now remedied that. There we go. So there you go. So that's our fact check segment. Yeah. So tell us if we if we get something wrong and we'll make it right. Um, But thank you for coming, Dan. Yeah. Talking to us about this book. Great to be here. Thank you for insisting that I read this book quickly. Okay. You make me sound like such a bully. (laughs) No. No, you when you insist things they're typically good things for me. You know, so I I trust you and I I just do the things that you suggest. All right. That you suggest. All right. Well, anyway, thanks for being here. Um, And thank you, everyone, for listening. Uh, Again, if you want to reach out to us, we would love to hear from you. If you have questions, comments, show ideas, corrections we need to make, email us um, at podcast at worldhorizonsusa.org. And we will see you next time. Thanks for listening to Unedited. This podcast is produced in cooperation with Gallery Edit in Richmond, Virginia. You can reach us at podcast at worldhorizonsusa.org.